This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! So, Aaron, yes, I, just sir. Want, I just want to start right off, and uh, I, I don't care about talking about Raw or SmackDown this week. Is there anything you want to cover on those? No, I'm okay. Good. So, May Young Classic. Yes, sir. We got treated to round number two, round three and four as well, the quarter and semifinals, all in one yeah. evening of four episodes. What did you think of that, how they did for that? Some, for some reason, I was assuming that the semifinals – were going to happen on the live special. Me too. Me too. Um, I I thought that they were going to do, you know, they would have those two matches. Yeah. And then they would have some kind of, you know, recap and interviews and, you know, or something to kill, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then have the two finalists have their match then. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I saw that there were four episodes. Yeah. And that the second round finished in two episodes, I was like, "Huh? Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what they're gonna do with those other two. But yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I liked it. What do you feel about the final match? Instead of being at Full Sail University, where they've have an established fan base who've sat there and watched this tournament and have been behind it and emotionally caught up in it. Instead, it's going to be, instead of 205 Live, tacked on on a SmackDown crowd in Las Vegas, you know, after you, they've already sat through two hours of SmackDown. You mean, how loudly do I think the horrible SmackDown crowd is going to chant boring and have zero reaction to what's going to be a fantastic match? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty terrible idea. Yeah, I do too. Um, I mean, on like the plus said, side, I, it'll be 7 o'clock at night. While they're there, because SmackDown's three hours behind. Isn't La- is Las Vegas three hours behind us? I think so. So it just seems odd that they're doing the live SmackDown, you know, Tuesday night, essentially 5 p.m. Right. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I don't get it. Like like you said, there's a built-in audience. Yep. At Full Sail. Yep. There's um. Who are smart I- and know the wrestlers. Well, and not only that, it's the people that follow this kind of thing. It's exactly. not, you know, the casual wrestling fan who's going to be like, oh, I want to go see John Cena and I don't really care about anything else. Yep. You know, which, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming is what a Las Vegas SmackDown audience. I mean, you know, maybe very they'll well surprise us. Maybe they'll surprise I, us. Maybe that's they my won't. hope. I mean, the, the Cruiserweight Classic didn't have their finals somewhere else. It was at Full Sail, right? Yep. Yes, it was. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing that I can think, mm-hmm. two things. One, they want to give it more exposure. Yeah. But it's still airing on the network, so it's only exposure to a live crowd. Right. Um, or that they're going to use it to further the angle with the four horsewomen of wrestling and the four yep. horsewomen of MMA. Yeah, I thought about that myself, and um, yeah, if if that's what they do, if if yeah, if if that's what they do, that's gonna annoy me. Because I mean, we're gonna talk look, about it later, so we'll just Vegas, say it now. If Shana, Vegas if, yeah. is a, it's a fight town. Yep. 
So I think if you see Ronda Rousey and and the rest of the women come out, yeah, I think that crowd is going to be more receptive to going crazy than the full sale crowd. Yeah, but I mean, you really had a women's tournament. If this is the case, <laughs> you're really going to have a women's tournament just to force you know force an angle, right? Especially an angle like that that you think should be a WrestleMania angle. I think. Like here's the thing, like Shanna Baszler, I, I really don't want her to win the tournament, and I, I think they can have her lose and still further the angle because, she, like I said, like we talked about in the chat, like, you know, she they could be like, oh, a tough break, and she's like, were you mocking me? And then goes after him, and then everyone fights. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. It was you watch the tournament because obviously, like. If you're listening to this, you know that it's it's Kari Sane and Shauna Baszler are in the finals. And as you watch this tournament, the matches that uh, Shayna had, Baszler, whatever, you can tell, like, she had no respect for Zeta. She didn't sell, basically, and just squashed her. And then you watch her with, like, Mia Yim, and, okay, she was a lot different. You know what I mean? And then you watch her with Mercedes Martinez, and it's she was a world of difference. I mean, she she took a a whooping in that match, unlike anyone else. But she had the most respect out of everybody, I think, for for well, Martinez. That know? was that was the angle that they were playing because she trained her. Yeah, you know, and everything like that. And they even the you know Jim Ross even said it, or maybe yeah. it was Lita. I don't remember. It's like oh. This is the first time that she's done the customary handshake before a match. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So she clearly had plenty of respect for Mercedes Martinez, but it's just, uh, just the way it went, just kind of the way it went down. It was a little annoying, but whatever. That's fine. Well, I didn't have such a problem with it yeah. because in a tournament like this where there are a lot of semi-unknowns mm-hmm. and things like that, yeah. you have to give the crowd a reason to get behind one person or the other. Right. And you know it's like it's old school, old school wrestling. Oh yeah, you know like at where, the UK tournament, Pete Dunne attacking the guy, right? You know his opponent for the next day. So right, you know because you you have her. If people don't know who Zeta is, yeah, or something like that, they're not going to care about a match. Right. So so you have right off the start, she goes to shake the hand, and Baszler doesn't even acknowledge her and then you're like you know the whole crowd goes hey she's not a nice person i'm gonna root for her to get her ass kicked but it's just what i mean by is i don't even mean the handshake gimmick i just mean the way she was in the ring how she her how she sold or lack of selling how she is in the ring Eh. I, i don't necessarily think it's it's a disrespect to the other women you know because i mean she was fine in the match with um who did she fight in the quarterfinals? Uh, Candice LeRae. Yeah. Right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the same as the first couple rounds with her. Right. No. No. You're right. You're right. So. So I mean, she's my opinion on on her on Baszler. Yeah. Is that she's still inexperienced in this fighting world? Yeah. And and that's a lot of it. That if she has a partner who's a great partner. Yeah. She's going to do fantastic, but she's not at the point where she can really carry the matches. Right. Oh, no, she's definitely not. 
you know, so in the first round, in the second round, she's kind of going against, right. you know, inexperienced people also. You know, that would be like putting me in a match against, you know, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels Jesus. might look great, but I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, no, that's very true. You know, so, you you know, you can't put her. Right. <clears throat> well, let's break down the tournament. Sure. Uh, round number two. Uh, Abby uh, Abby Laith pinned Rachel Evers with the alligator clutch. I thought it was a great opening match for the second <laughs> round for the first episode. I thought they both looked good in the ring, and then I think the nice quick finish leaves Rachel looking strong still because she go, caught her with the pin. Yeah, um, it, Rachel Evers looked significantly better in this match than she did in round one. Well, because in round one didn't she wrestle Marty Bell? I think so. Yeah, I don't and that's how terrible Marty Bell is. So right. But but at the same time, like, you know, I, I out of all the people in the first round, she was one of the people I was most looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. And she was probably the person I was the most let down in their yep. performance. Probably like almost mean like the hype he came in with and we never saw it till he talked on Garga- uh, Gargano. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get that. No, I was pretty excited about seeing this match. I, I thought uh I wasn't surprised that Abby Lath got the win. That didn't surprise me at all. But yeah, Rachel definitely looked looked really good in this match. So yeah, uh, she at least gave me some hope that in the future she's going to be yeah. way better than. Um, Piper Nevin against Serena Deeb. I, you know, I Piper looked great. I didn't think Serena looked all that great. Right. Um, I was surprised how much offense that Deeb got into this match, and with Piper just hitting like. Her high impact moves using her weight. Um, I did like the finish though. Piper hit that splash off the top rope, and then as she got up, I thought for sure Dee was gonna hit the spear and get the pin because she was clutching her stomach when she stood up. But instead, you know, sidestepped her and then hit that uh, Michinoku driver. So I was yep. surprised with the finish. Yeah, just just like um, with uh, Rachel Evers. Yeah, Piper Niven. She is probably like going into the round. She's someone that I was like, you know, I, I enjoyed her first round match. I thought she was great. Yep. But like going into the tournament, I'm like, I I honestly, I don't know who she is. And I think out of everybody in the tournament, she's probably like one of my top two that I was the most impressed with. Yeah. She goes by (laughs) Viper on the Indies and in Japan and stardom. There's a lot of girls in this tournament that have rustled over in stardom. Yeah. In Japan. Um, next matchup, Mercedes Martinez against uh, Princess Suhei. And, um, well, first of all, they were not afraid of laying in the stiff sh- chops with each other. Yeah. And then when Suhei locked in that arm bar, it looked, it looked sick. Like, it looked vicious. Yep. But ultimately, I really wasn't blown away by this match at all. There's some great, yeah. great moments, but, ult- you know, I, yeah, at the end, I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. Uh, and then the final match episode of that episode, Kari Sane pinned Bianca Blair with her big uh, diving elbow. And wow, now I, I was thoroughly impressed with uh, Bianca Belair in this match. Yeah. Um, she – I still hate the stupid hair thing. I, you know, but, but you heard impact this time. <laughs> 
like, I, I guess, but still, like I said last time. I know. There's no it, weapon on the end. I get it, it but... you got to do something. As loud as that was smacking, and I looked back, then she wasn't slapping her leg. That was the sound of her hair hitting the other person's <laughs> body. It sounded like it hurt. I guess. It sounded like it hurt. And first of all, I don't know. I She looked bigger in this match somehow, Belair did, than she did in her for opening round match. But uh, I was shocked. I honestly could not believe how good that, that she really is in this match, especially. She shined. She looked great. These two, they beat the shit out of each other, plain and simple. Yes. I absolutely yeah. loved but, it. And then, go ahead. But again, is it because in round one she fought against Sage Beckett and in round two she was fighting against Kyrie Sane that she looked much better? Well... I think she looked better because I thought athletically she looked better. I thought the okay. way she was stringing the moves in, how vicious she was in the ring, how aggressive she was. I, I know what you're saying. Like, did Kari Sane carry her and just make her look that good? Um, I mean, I, I agree. She she was way better in this yeah, match. I just I feel like I feel like being with, in, in the ring with someone as 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 capable of Kari, you know, as as capable as she is, definitely helped. You know, helped carry her along and allowed her to show what she could do more. Uh, right. Whereas maybe wrestling Sage Beckett, where they're both of them kind of new and both of them, you know, kind of maybe not being all that aggressive at taking the lead and, and and calling the match and everything. Maybe, but I don't know, dude. It was it was a great match. I was shocked at how much how good it was, and uh, like and then holy crap, Sane absolutely murdered her with that elbow. <laughs> that elbow. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, I'm trying to remember now if that was the one where murdered her. she basically missed the elbow and landed with her hips. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was the one. Yeah. She yeah. just, she wrecked her. She wrecked her big time. Yeah. Um, like that, the one thing I love about her elbow. Yeah. And I mean, Macho Man's elbow is great. Oh, yeah. But when Macho Man drops, yeah. you can see he lands on his hip. Right. You know, right before the elbow goes in, so it kind of lessens the blow. Yeah. But man, does she lean in with that elbow, and that is the point of contact. She does. Yes, it is. Oh my goodness. But man, she she (laughs) murdered Bianca Belair with that, and not to mention she springboards forty feet in the air before (sighs) she does. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And what was really cool was like, out of everyone in the tournament, this was the this is the um, the only real. Like uh, performance center talent, because she's never wrestled anyplace else. She is a hundred percent product of the WWE Performance Center, where I went. I can't wait to see her in the future. I can't wait to see what else she can do or what else she does. Uh, yeah. Unlike Lacey Evans, where I'm like, <laughs> I could give two shits left if she broke both legs and never wrestled again. Oh come on. Oh yeah, she's she's god awful terrible. We'll get come to her on. though. We'll get to her. We'll get to her right now. Tony <laughs> Storm uh, in the opening. Um, a match of uh, episode uh, <coughs> six, I guess technically, right? Second half of the second round. Tony Storm defeated Lacey Evans with her finisher, the Strong Zero. Evans sucks so <laughs> Come bad. Come on, I like she this match. She is terrible. I she enjoyed this match. She has such a long way to go. Uh, oh, she's got her character down. I was First in the Marines. Uh, you I, show her some her goddamn respect. Down. She was a Marine. Yeah, yeah. She's got Second her entrance down. She's <laughs> got her gimmick down as far as her gear and how she looks. She just needs to work on the, you know, the whole wrestling aspect of her character. What, you know, what, the in ring work. 
one of the best comments I saw about her on Twitter. Yeah. It was something along the lines of she spends an awful lot of time perfecting her hair, yeah. knowing that it's just going to come out in two moves. In yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I thought that this match yeah. was way better than the the drizzling shitstorm that was her first round match. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. E- I don't even remember who she fought in the first round. Some, I yeah, remember, I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just matter. remember that the entire match was totally off. Yeah. Um, this and, one, I yeah. thought that it was a vast improvement. Do I think she's great? No. no. But I thought she was serviceable. She had, come on, that one sequence in the corner where she kept like flipping around the ropes and knocking her down. That was pretty cool. Yeah, cuz but it took her a really long time to do it well, and right. it there was made no Tony Storm look right. stupid cuz there was no fluidity to her movement. But, and it was almost as bad as Dean Ambrose's you know, <laughs> slingshot fucking uh, clothesline that he does making his opponent look dumb in the ring as he they on, wait 5 gonna, minutes for him it's to the lean same thing back as and when, pop up. when someone stands in a you know in the ring looking confused for 20 minutes when Roman Reigns goes yeah, before yeah. he runs at them yeah, and punches. Well, that's them. why Roman Reigns still sucks. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah. even even the superstars at the top of the heap still don't have fluidity to half their shit. Mm-hmm. She sucks. Uh, <laughs> Shana Baszler submitted Mia Yim with a rear naked choke. So I like this match. Uh, but what I didn't like about it was Baszler working the leg the whole match. Locking on a couple legs, simulations, doing a couple knee bars, but then at the end she gets the rear naked choke for the win. I think the way she worked the legs so match, she should have shown some diversity and gotten a submission with a leg lock instead. Right. You don't need to put over a rear naked choke. You know, like... But it's vicious. She can do that in the next match. Showing that she worked the leg the whole match, weakened it, and then got a submission off working the leg... To me, that looks better, but that's just me. Yeah, that's I, one thing I would hope for her character yep. as as she moves forward is that she will kind of expand on that. Yep. Like, she's a legit fighter. You no, know, she is. That she it's, is. It's, I, like, you know, it's like Lesnar, that I wish he would show more diversity in his finishes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I would think the way that Baszler has trained and fought for years – like Ken Shamrock, they can just pull submission stuff out of nowhere. You know? Yep. yep. That I, I hope that, like you said, if she's going to focus on the leg, do some crazy shit on the leg. So, you know, if she's going to work over an arm, do something on an arm. Don't work over an ankle. Right. For 20 minutes, leading me to believe, oh, she's going to put the ankle lock and, on it. It's going to be unbelievable. Choke, yes. And then do a wrist lock. Yeah. Except, <laughs> no, that's and that that's my complaint on it. She worked the leg the whole match. I thought that was great the way they did that. And then she still used the rear naked choke for the win. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking because that's sort of her finisher, right? It is. That there they're was, just trying to get over her finisher. And I get it, but still, show her that her MMA skills have diversity and that right. she's you know she's a threat at any part of the body, not just the rear naked choke. Right. Um, she did two things, though, in this match that weren't even in the match that I, I really liked a lot. Number one, on her entrance, she completely ignored the four horsemen of the WWE, whatever, four horsewomen of the WWE, when she stood there you know, on the steps and did all her gimmick. And then when she left the ring after she went and saw her girls, she started up the ramp and she just stopped. And I loved the fact that all she did was just turned her head and the crowd popped. You know what yeah. I mean? Like she just acknowledged that they were there and the crowd popped. I, I thought that was great personally. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what? 
you know how we were talking about how you know Oscar gave up the belt and yeah. like we didn't see any women competitors that could take her. Yeah. So it's better that she, you know, right. relinquish it than lose to someone not as good. Yep. I would love to see her and Baszler fight. There was a couple of girls in this term. Well, her and Baszler, or that, I her mean, and the, Tony Storm, hard, or her how hard Oscar hits. Oh yeah. And how hard Baszler hit. That yeah. would be. That would be a fantastic match, I think. Dude, the world is screaming for Kari Sane against Asuka. Well, that Come would be Come on. Also. One of them would die, probably. <laughs> like, Someone or would get permanent or physically... Jumping off a roof through light tubes onto the per- back of the truck. <laughs> Perfectly. Well, okay, that was that was Joey Janela, incidentally. <laughs> and I'm going to see him up here September 22nd, Limitless Wrestling in Westbrook, Maine. He's I wrestling hope. JT Dunn, which... They have a cage match and a, and a uh, dog collar chain match on YouTube. You should check out if you haven't seen them. I I hope so. that you have your life insurance policy paid up because <laughs> something tells me the crowd is not going to be safe in that match. <laughs> Probably not. Um, anyhow, so uh, Dakota Kai pinned Rhea Ripley with a sick double foot stomp. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit. Now – me too. It surprised me a lot. The uh, the electric chair face drop thing onto the apron I thought was impressive as all hell on yep. the outside of the ring. I thought that looked great. I actually really enjoyed this match. I thought Ripley looked a lot better. Yep. And we got to really see Kai's ability in it. And uh, that setup they did towards the finish, it actually made sense. Like, who was the dumbass diva that was doing the move where – uh, she required her opponent to sit up or hold themselves up so she could j- jump on them. Was it Naomi that was doing that at the corner? I'm trying to think. Was it Naomi? For some reason, I think it I want to say Sasha Banks was the one that would well, have them. No, the Sasha corner. Banks lays them crossways or across the oh, ropes right, and then and drops then drop the them. knees on them. I, there was one of them that was using a finisher where they would like do the trio woe, but like their opponent had to hold themselves up. And as they climbed the top rope to jump down on him, and I'm like, that's just so fucking stupid. You like, know what? I remember it happening, yeah. and I cannot picture who's doing it. I, I, for some reason, I think it's Naomi, but I don't know. But anyways, I just I was getting so frustrated because it didn't make sense. The setup didn't make sense. It was done poorly. However, the way Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai did it, it made perfect sense. They're right. both on the top rope. They're jockeying p- for position. Kai hits her and knocks her down, so she falls down and kind of catches herself in the tree of woe. And then as Ripley's trying to pull herself up to unlock herself, Kai jumps up and hits the double foot stop. So it made perfect yep. sense. It was a great finish. And, um, you know, Dakota Kai has that uh, almost like that cute uh, girl next door, you know, good looks or whatever, if you will. You know what I mean? She looks kind of young and innocent or something. And yet she gets in the ring and she like kicks your face in. Yeah. So you just you your your guards down and you don't expect her to be as aggressive as she is. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I I was actually after the first round I was like, all right, like I get some of the hype around her. Yeah. But you know, I mean, the first round was just kind of whatever. She took a beating. Oh no, actually, and then, she, had, she the was first round, Blanchard, right? Huh? She fought Tessa Blanchard. No, Kari Saint. Oh, Kari Saint. She fought great Kali's student, Dakota Kai. Oh, right, 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 right. And, yeah. and, and, and that took match, an ass whooping the entire match, and then all of a sudden hit that like around the oh. world kick in yeah. the face, and then double foot stomp, and it was like, all right, cool. Right. It. But I, 
I was actually, for some reason, I was expecting uh, Ripley to go over. Me too. Because they like really seem to be going behind about her. her trem- yes, yep. But I, I was very impressed. I, I wasn't that impressed with Ripley in the first round. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I thought yeah. this match, you know, for both of them, I thought this match was fantastic. Yep. And and again, like I'm curious. Th- these are more people that I'm like, you know what? I I see something that I'm gonna really enjoy in them. Yep. In you know two years. A lot of these girls, though, I mean, just the exposure of being in this tournament does them well if they don't sign with WWE and they stay on the indies or, like, right. you know, like, say, Tony Storm, who's most likely going to be in progress for a while longer, keep going to stardom and this and that. I mean, yeah. um, the exposure just is tremendous for them and helps them out. Uh, but then you have other girls like maybe Rhea Ripley, who's going to be staying and signed with the Performance Center, like you said. Oh, geez, in a couple of years, I can't wait to see what she can do then, so... Yeah. Uh, in the final match of the first second round, uh, Candice LeRae defeated Nicole Savoy with uh, Ken, with uh, Miss LeRae's wild ride. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Savoy. Yep. Um, I thought this match was okay. I love Candice LeRae. I have a tremendous issue with her finisher, and that st- that stems from the fact that it's ludicrous a good finisher is something you can hit out of nowhere or you can do or hit on someone it's not where you have to somehow set yourself up (laughs) where you're both standing on the second rope in a particular position so you can do a swinging neck breaker you know what i mean it's not like you set them up on the top rope in the corner and then do a superplex or some sort of suplex or whatever you know off the top rope and you set them there like that setup position makes sense this setup position, it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't feel natural. You know, like, she should just stick to, like, using that move as a spot as opposed to as a finisher, in my opinion. I could see that. Uh, let's see here, jumping right into the corner finals. 25-minute time limit, which I didn't hear any time limit announced for the semi uh, for the uh, second round. Right. I, I, yeah, I don't remember hearing anything. Yeah. Um, in the opening match, uh, Mercedes Martinez pinned Abby Lath with the uh, with her Fishman's Buster. Yep. I, I was shocked that Martinez won. I mean, legit, absolutely shocked. I thought for sure <laughs> that Lath was going to win because they kept talking about how she was like a modern-day protege of Mae Young and used her finisher and this and that. Right. And uh, not that Mercedes Martinez doesn't deserve to win by any means. I just I thought for sure that Abby Lath was going to get the win on that one. Yeah, man, I can't can't call her Abby Lath. I don't know why. I know. Um, it's, it's Kimberly. And yeah. I have, yeah. yeah. But um, I enjoyed this match. <clears throat> but this was my least favorite of the four quarterfinal matches. Yep. Me too. Me too. You know, I mean, I, I didn't really. It, it's Yeah, going into it, they did say that she was kind of a protege of Mae Young and all that yep. stuff. But I, I think that was more. To get over the that they named it after May Young, <laughs> probably yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I enjoyed the match. I thought it was really good. I thought both of them were good, and you know, I mean, I had no problem with the finish. I have no problem, you know, with anything. No, me neither. Um, Shannon Baszler defeated Candice Ray, submitted her. Um, so first of all, the uh, the spot where Candice dove through the ropes and caught Baszler on the head and did that diving spinning DDT onto the floor. Yeah. Uh, initially, I thought it looked like it was completely, totally friggin' botched, and I was it, it it jumped me a little bit. I was like, "Oh no!" Like someone's gonna get hurt. So, <laughs> um, uh, 
unlike what happened in right in the, with Kyrie saying later on. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I also one of my favorite parts of the match was when uh, Lita was rambling on and on trying to get some point, but she was like lost in her own words. And Candice locked in the you know Gargano escape, and all of a sudden Jim Ross just you know completely cuts her off, but makes an awesome call in the process of the, what's going on in the ring. I loved it. I didn't remember that. Oh God, yeah, Lita was just ram. I was sitting going, oh my God, shut up. And then I see you know, Candice lock in you know Johnny's finish, and I'm like, oh there, oh there you go. And, oh, Lita's rambling. And then all of a sudden, Jim Ross just cuts her off and does an unbelievable call of, you know, it was it was great. It was actually really, really good. So, um, Also, I thought when Baszler wasn't letting go of the finish at first and kept, kept the hold on and everything, I thought for sure that the referee was going to reverse the decision. Yep. But, uh, well, that didn't happen. Yeah, I had a problem with the finish of the match. Yeah, you did? Yeah. Which was basically what you just said. I yeah. thought one, when she put the hold on, she was under the ropes. I, I see. I thought she was initially as well, but then when they showed another angle, she was clear. Well, Basler was right by the ropes too. Yes. Which is, you know, but, yeah. um, and then like you said, I thought she's not breaking the hold. She's not breaking the hold. I thought it was going to be one of those, yeah. you know, because they're. But I'm, look, I'm, I. I wasn't expecting Candice LeRae to win the tournament. Me neither. Shayna Baszler, I could legit see winning the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, she's building herself up as being nasty. You know, and she's just going to brutalize everybody. Yeah. But I still, I mean, you could have, the angle that they're building, you could have done that same thing yep. by having her get, you know, she wins the match, but then getting the, you know, vacating the, the result. Yeah. Reversing the t- decision and then she gets, and, and then, then they can, Oh dude, got to learn to control yourself or whatever, could, you know, exactly. Like I'm thinking when that's going on, you yeah. could have yep. Charlotte or Bailey or someone, well not Bailey cause she's hurt, but yep. you know, oh. or Becky Lynch have one of them jump in and make the save. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. You go as a confrontation. And now you can yep. build up to something at Survivor Series or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely right. Um, next up, we got Tony Storm Which, against... I mean, honestly, could, I could see that happening in the finals, too. <clears throat> yeah. You know, them being at SmackDown. I mean, Becky and Charlotte are there. Um, Tony Storm wrestled Piper Nevin. And, this uh, match was amazing. This match was... Well, as soon as they announced... Like, soon, as soon as they announced... You know, the previous episode that this was going to be a quarterfinal match, a semi, yeah, quarterfinal match. I was like, yay! Yeah. <laughs> like I knew this was going to rock because they've wrestled each other before multiple times. Oh, and, have they? Oh yeah, they've wrestled Cause, each cause other. To before. be honest, I don't, I don't really follow a lot of where they were from. Yes. So. But yeah, they have. They've wrestled before, and I just, I. I didn't want to hype it up too much because it's one of those things like, ah, oh, maybe they're not going to, maybe they're going to give him five minutes. Maybe they're not going to let him really like show us what they can do in the ring. And nope, they yeah. absolutely let them show us what they could do in the yeah, ring. Yeah. I love this match. I mean, this was a great match. It was a long match. I thought, and, uh, you know, the, the spot in the middle of the test of strength and then the pin attempts. Oh and my both, God. I loved it. That is a hundred percent like an old school world of sport, you know, British yep. when, European Russell type gimmick. It was when awesome. Ronnie- when Ronnie was complaining about how he was not impressed by this tournament at all, 
Yeah. That was one of the spots that I brought up to him. Yeah. I was like, come on, they're doing the test of strength. They're both they're on the mats. They're both doing the bridge, like the, the neck bridges. Yeah. And they're both, you know, then they're they have the bridge and they see, oh, hey, you know what? We're evenly matched. This is good sport. And they do the shake when they're upside down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Ronnie, come on. This is like, remember when we used to watch wrestling as kids? Like that is that shit right there. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it was so no, good. no, you're absolutely right. Did you um the spot where 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 Tony Storm's doing the bridge and Piper does a thing where she pops up and lands on her to try and crush her back down, yep. and she starts to sag and then she forces herself back up and she bridges up on that. That was pretty friggin' impressive. Oh, good. That was yeah. Just her, you know, her, her holding her up like that. Yeah, that was impressive. Impressive. Yeah, like- <laughs> That that whole sequence reminded me – I mean I can't think of a specific instance, yeah. but it seems like something probably involving Shawn Michaels where you know he and another babyface type are going yeah. back and forth and they're doing a move and doing a move and they both do the kip up at the same time. Yep. And they both stand and look at each other and then you know they do something else and then they both do the same thing. It's yep. so good. Loved yeah. it. Loved yeah. it. No, this match was fantastic. I mean <laughs> they went back and forth. And, you know, and I'm again, I'm not all surprised that it was as great as it was. And then the finish with the top low plate drop uh, made sense. You know, I mean, it was it was it was a great match, plain and simple, a great hard hitting match where they both really put it all put their all in there. So I I was appreciated, appreciative of it all. I was pulling for Piper Niven to win. Yeah. But I mean, either way, but I, I like both of them a lot. So, I, I I would have been happy with either one of them advancing. Yeah. You know, absolutely would have been happy with either one of them advancing. Um. And then in the final match, Kari Sane or Kari Sane defeated Dakota Kai with her big sick elbow. Now yep. these two have wrestled each other in Stardom before. Okay. <clears throat> um. This was a great match, and I think Kai had uh, a legit injury to her leg to her knee before the match because she had a brace on underneath. And a reason why I think it was actually legit is because she was hobbling around, but they didn't talk about it. Uh. Like, they, they weren't talking about it. And she just, I think she just powered through it or whatever. But I, I thought this was a great match. Yeah, oh I, yeah. I thought all of Sane's matches, every round, were very, very stiff and brutal. But and that's... And, but that's that's just, her. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think it was uh, – I, I will I, say, I though, awesome. I might have to start watching Shimmer. Shimmer's great. Watch Stardom World on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, that's where most of these – Tony Storm's their heavyweight champion, right? their world champion right now. Oh, is she? All right, yeah, yeah, I'll have to look for that. Well, last I knew she was. I mean – but um, – and then <laughs> uh, we go to the final episode – uh, the, semifinals. the semifinals, and we have uh, Shanna Baszler submitted Marti- uh, Mercedes Martinez, Rina Kachok again. Um, yep. There was some stiff, stiff, <laughs> stiff <laughs> shots, freaking shots. You and can tell the chops that when Martinez the... <laughs> gave Baszler at the yeah. beginning. Holy! I was just gonna fuck. say you can tell when you know the they go from selling to like legit yeah shots yeah when. When one of the people, like the person who gets chopped or, yeah. you know, forearmed or something, like gets a smile on their face, like, God damn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like you nah. can always tell when you, you know, when someone at your house is hurt 
when yep. they're laughing and yep. not when they're like in tears. Yeah. It's I, at one point when, when Basler just had that smirk on her face after taking one of the shots. Yeah. I was just like, oh, God, that one, that one stung. That, well, that was the one. I, I liked when initially with the first opening salvo, she's no selling Martinez's punches and forearms and shit. And then she freaking nailed her one of those with the first chop <laughs> she hit her with. And Basler's like, oh, God. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, those, they, they, they beat the, they beat the piss out of each other. I thought for sure Martinez was going to um, get choked out. Okay. I didn't think she was going to tap. I thought she was going to, like, you know, pat, refuse to tap out thing and, and show heart and, and pass out. And, and I thought that was going to be the finish. But I'm glad they didn't do that. Why? I don't know. It's – in a way, it, again, it goes with how they're trying to build Baszler up yeah. as this monster or whatever. I think it makes her look more vicious if she can't take it and taps yeah. than if she can withstand it for another 20, 30 seconds and then, you know, pass right, out. Right. All right. I get it. I get it. And then like, the, I mean, sometimes if you see somebody, you don't want to overuse that. And it seems like they've done that a bunch in the last, you know, year Yeah. where someone's been refusing to submit and they just kind of fade out and pass out. And it sort of loses, you know, it loses it for me. I think the best that was ever done was uh, Bret Hart and Steve Austin, Russell. Well, come on. That's that's like one of the three greatest matches of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the final semifinal match, Kerry Sane pinned uh, Tony Storm with her big sick elbow. God, love uh, it. The friggin' armbar submission that Storm put on Kai, oh uh, my Kari God. Sane, was disgusting i mean i, I thought I she was gonna dislocate she her arm yeah oh yeah me too that that first second when she had the arm oh. is like a 90 degree angle and the shoulder i'm like holy shit yeah i thought I was she was like, gonna tap i no thought way. she was gonna tap out like that was vicious looking yeah vicious and then yeah, of course I, i'm assuming she's got some kind of double jointing like uh probably Alexa yeah. bliss with her elbow but when she uh, also, but the, like we kind of brushed on earlier, when she dove off the uh, the top rope to the floor and, and caught, smashed her face on the floor, smashed her face on the friggin' ramp, and it was instantly bruised, yep. and it had a little laceration and everything. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when something like that happens early in a match, yeah, it's never a good thing because like you could think, all right, that's gonna kind of hinder what she does the rest of the time because she's got it in her head like one she's in pain yep like legitimate like, oh yeah out, like face is sort of bleeding pain yeah exactly yeah legit pain. Two, <laughs> you know she could get it in her head like oh i missed my timing on that so her timing could have been off afterwards yeah or three, you could have you know like the samoa joe finn balor match they kept stopping because he was bleeding yeah you know you could have the referees step in and mess it up so, but man, I'm glad I'm glad that they didn't do any of those things Me too. because this match was great. Yeah, another. I mean, every match that Sane had ever all tournament long. I know I just said this was, was a hard hitting, stiff freaking match. Yeah. Um, you know, again, they beat the crap out of each other. They had a great match. They told a great story, and then of course, you know, Kerry Sane gets the pin with the big elbow at the end, and yeah, here's an interesting 
fun fact or whatever. Um, they've again, they've both come from stardom. I don't think though, and I couldn't find because I did a lot of research and I couldn't find a match anywhere. I don't think these two have ever faced in the ring before. I think this is the first time they'd ever touched. Oh, Even cool. though they worked together in Japan for so long, I don't think right. they ever had a match over there. Mm. And um, one of the things I really liked the the post match uh, with with Storm and and Sane and them talking and them talking to each other mm-hmm. and embracing and like basically crying and everything like it was it was it was it was just emotional it was awesome it was awesome I loved yeah. it and what I, I loved thought, go ahead the the one thing that I thought was weird though when um uh when Baszler beat Martinez yeah. and they were giving Baszler the roses and whatever else. Yeah. Martinez was still kind of standing in the ring. Yep. You know, like Triple H and Stephanie were raising her hand and doing whatever, and Martinez was like right there next to them. Yeah. But when Kyrie Sane beat Tony Storm, you know, yep. they talked, they embraced, but then Tony Storm skidooed. Yeah. And it was just Kyrie Sane there. And like, I, at first, I thought, oh, maybe. You know they're going to do something for the the losers in the semifinals or yeah. something, but you know I think it was kind of one of those no one really knew what to do, so right. one stayed and one left. <clears throat> yeah, probably I, they probably you know, I am, after Martinez hanging out in the ring, they just oh Tony Storm, you need to leave. I am very much looking forward to the final. I am too. I just I hope the crowd is uh, appreciative and, re- and gives it a good reception and you know right. values what it is they're watching as opposed to just going like ugh. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. And hopefully there's no like ridiculous chance about whatever. Oh god, yeah. You know, I honestly, what could make it better is if they put it on SmackDown. No, see, I don't want to. I don't want to watch it with but, commercial breaks. Well, yeah, that's true. Also, I don't want to see. I don't want that match, and I don't want to interrupt with commercial breaks. I want to see it commercial free. I don't want to deal with that. But, but figure, if it's at if the show starts at ten, yeah, you know, well, Eastern time, if the show starts at ten live and it goes until eleven, right, match isn't going to start until ten forty. Yeah. So by the time SmackDown is over. You know, you have all the letdown that SmackDown, and then you have 40 minutes of nothing, Yeah. you know, of, oh, here's a video package you can sit and watch. I mean, I, I have a bad feeling you're going to see empty pockets in the crowd, and it's going to be, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure that they'll try and fill it in. But, like, I mean, it's a Tuesday, and I know that it's only 7 o'clock there. Right. You know, it's not like they're doing it at Madison Square Garden where, right. hey, OK, it's a school night. It's a work night. You know, I'm not going to stick around until 1130 and then drive two hours home to, you know, whatever. So, I mean, at least it's early enough that the crowd shouldn't really go anywhere. But right. I, I'm still there. There's a lot of factors that could hopefully not happen that ruin what should be an amazing match. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I, again, I'm just worried about the crowd. Yeah. I'm just worried about the crowd, and then, you know, Vince and company having, well, the crowd didn't really react. Well, because they're morons, 
and they weren't appreciating the awesomeness that was in front of them. Well, also, you know who's going to be on SmackDown Tuesday night? Who? Vince McMahon. Oh, very, yep, yep, that's right. So, so we'll see. I mean, I'm sure he's there anyway behind the scenes. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I liked on NXT, <clears throat> or on the Mae Young Classic, that, no, no, even on NXT as well, but when Triple H came out, they didn't play his music, he just came out. Yeah, because he's not Triple H, he's Triple H. If right. If that makes sense. I, you know, it makes perfect sense. He's not the wrestler. He's the uh, executive producer. <laughs> yeah. um, did you watch NXT this week? I did not. All right. So on NXT this oh, week. We... Before before we move off the Mae Young Classic. Yeah. I, I just want to air a gripe about yeah, the, the female ref. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, she does a fine job in the ring. Yep. But for me, she gets herself too involved if that makes sense Mm -hmm. that you know i i forget who it was it was one of the matches in the second round it might have been tony storm's match when she came out first she's doing her whole thing in the ring her head banging or whatever and the referee she's coming over and hey go in the corner go in the corner yeah you know and then like throughout the match she's i don't know what it is there's something that she always attracts my attention by doing something and it, it takes away from my enjoyment of the match. If that makes sense. No, it does. It does. I think that maybe she's just overzealous and trying too hard. Cause she's trying to make a good impression. I honestly, I think that's what it is because she's always doing like weird arm flails and yeah. like pointing towards the timekeepers table, like saying stuff that like you didn't have a two count. So why are you like keeping, you know, quote unquote records of the false attempts, you know, but it's just like anytime anything happens in the ring, sure. Like her arm flipped up, her arm flips to the side. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like you're just distracting me from whatever I'm doing. See, I didn't, I didn't feel the same. Yeah. And I'm wondering if she's going to be the, the ref in the finals. I'm I'd curious. Be, who's... I'd, no, I'd, I'd wager a guess. Yes. Hmm. Um, NXT this week uh, featured the uh, street fight, no holds barred street fight match between uh, Cassius Ono and Hideo Tommy. Oh crap! I forgot about that. Yeah, I, yeah, I won't you know, say I'll watch, anything. I'll watch NXT after we. After I won't we say record. anything more other than it was a great match. Excellent. I enjoyed it, and then of course the, the they closed the show out with uh, Asuka being brought to the ring and surrendering the title oh, okay. and. On and on and on, and that that was solid. That that was that was decent. That was done well. That was done well. So, and we get to see Zeta on the show as she takes on Sonya Deville, and who I can only describe as Shanna Baszler's lunch when she comes to NXT. <laughs> they repackage <laughs> her because when you have Shanna Baszler, you don't have another MMA girl gimmick. So. Yeah. No, it's you yeah. know what I mean. Like you, you don't. No, it's true. See, that no. that was, you know, when in, in the Attitude Era, when you had uh, Shamrock there. Yep. And then Steve Blackman came in. Yep. And, and then, uh, and then Dan Severn the, to a Dan lesser Severin. extent. But Dan yeah, Severn like, legit beat Ken Shamrock in, in a super fight in the UFC, so. Right. But, but you're like, well, we can't have three guys who are these unstoppable fighting guys. So they kind of. Yeah. Shamrock was sort of pushed up and the other guys were sort of in the background. 
you know, until they were kendo sticking Shane off the oh, Titan Oh, Pro, yeah, right. <laughs> well, Dan Severn never did that. He he got his neck broken and he cut that yeah. great promo. Of, Look what you did to me, Owen. <laughs> yeah. Look what you did. I have to wear a neck brace now, Owen. <laughs> I can't feed my family, Owen. Yeah, that was. Uh... Well, that's why I kicked your leg out of your. Yeah, that's leg. why I kicked your leg out of your leg. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell. My friends has that on VHS. <laughs> Dude, we had, I'm surprised that that tape still plays. I mean, I'm sure now it might not, but back then we must have watched that Owen promo yeah. 400 million times. <laughs> Just watch it, rewind, and watch it, and rewind, and it gets funnier and funnier every single time. No, that is fantastic. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you tasked me. Oh, jeez, yeah. With watching so an this, old WCW This, this is what I did, okay? I said, let's randomly watch a pay-per-view. So I said, pick a number between 1, 2, and 3. And 1, 2, and 3 were, 1 was WWE, yes, WWE ECW, 2 was ECW, 3 was yeah. WCW, you picked 3. And then I said, pick a year between 1990 and 1999, and you picked 1990. Because I, I was hoping to get some awesome like rockers and Ultimate Warrior stuff. And then I went and counted the number of pay-per-views <laughs> that they did in 1990. It was five. And then I mixed up the order and said, pick number two, one, five. You picked number three. And you no, got Ronnie us... picked number three. And then you agreed with him. Well, because I wanted him to be included. Now, fuck that. He isn't going to record with us, and you're the one picking the show. <laughs> and and you picked us Capital Combat 90, the return, return of, of Robocop. RoboCop. Which they must have said 700,000 oh, times in that pay-per-view. All right, so this pay-per-view as a whole was not good. Really? No. Because I had the complete opposite reaction to it. Oh, seriously? Okay. First of all, I watched this shit live when it aired. The, I remember watching best, it as well. I have not seen it since then. Yep. And the amazing thing is, as I'm watching it again, like I forgot all about it. I knew that it existed. I forgot all about it. But as matches were happening, I was like, oh, my God, like, I think this happens and then this and this. Yep. And then it was happening. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm having weird flashes. And then I realized, oh, that's right, because I watched this at my cousin's house. Well, here's here's my issue with it. The caliber of talent on the show is second to none. I mean, so, sincerely. I mean, So many Hall of Famers. Oh, my God. The Road Warriors, the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express. The Undertaker. The Undertaker's on there as Mean Mark. <laughs> you know, yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, Cactus, Cactus Jack. You know, Kevin Sullivan's on there. there. Johnny Ace. You Mike know what Rotunda. I mean? Like Tommy Wildfire Rich. Mike Rotunda. I mean. Yeah. Hell, so Paul Ellerling had a match. <laughs> so many great names on the show. So many great names on the card. Yeah. However, I just like – I feel like a lot of matches went almost 20 minutes. Okay. On the card. And I don't have an issue with that. Except I feel like a lot of these matches went on longer than they should have. Okay. You know, I, like, I took notes on this event. I, I, oh, good. I took some notes as well. But I, I really feel like it went on much longer. Some of these matches went on way longer than they should have. This, My initial impression yep. of this event happening is the whole thing feels like a fight. Yep. 
it you know they have the national anthem played you know they have the flag out with the horns playing the anthem to open the show yeah you have one commentator you know doing interviews with people as they leave the ring you Tony have Shivani did a lot of pre-match interviews and, and post-match and he did people a couple coming out post-match afterwards. yep um but the whole thing, the way everything was set up, the way the ring announcer was, you know, with the mic with the long cord that wrestlers kept whipping out of the way as they got into the ring. Yeah, Gary Michael and, Capetta. You know, like everything about it, it felt like, you know, like a boxing event feels. Yeah. It felt like a fight night. Yeah. As opposed to now when you see pay per views and it's all about like showmanship. Yeah. This was, there was like, a 50 foot entryway that was ground level. You came through a curtain right out into the ring. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, a WrestleMania right. 250 yard ramp that, you know, you're winded by the time you even get out there, <clears throat> you know, like the, the whole thing, it was it, the whole feel of it was just so different from now. Oh yeah. Agreed. And it's like, and I miss that so much. Okay, all right, I get that. However, again, I'm going to go back to, to me, the matches felt too long. Like, every match practically, except the main event, felt like it went on for too long. Well, and the hair versus hair match, we'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) But, like, so you had Gary Michael Capetta doing the ring announcing, and to me, he has such a unique voice, and he always reminds me of this time in, in the NWA and WCW, you know? Right. I uh, had Bob Cottle and Jim Ross calling the action, which yep. I love Bob Cottle. Yeah. And I love Jim Ross as well. So it's a great duo. And then Tony Schiavone was doing pre and post match interviews, and and then Gordon Soley had a couple of segments uh, where he was out back and um, with RoboCop. But anyways, yeah, okay. so question for you. Yeah. Where was RoboCop returning from? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Like I, I mean, I I guess RoboCop two probably came out around then. Well, if you look at the one of the posters that I saw, it said, um, you know, look for RoboCop two in theaters soon or something like that, like right on the poster. Right. So this was definitely a cross promotion with RoboCop two. So I guess right. maybe that's why he was back, but he'd but never been in wrestling like before. In so it's not like he was back, back in wrestling, yeah. And. <sighs> yeah, it and was I'll just another issue I had with the RoboCop garbage <laughs> towards yeah. the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the opening match was a six-man tag of the Road Warriors and Norman the Lunatic against Kevin Sullivan, Cactus Jack, and Bam Bam Bigelow with the Big Kahuna, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, which yeah. the the good guys won in just about ten minutes. Um, right. So my big issue with this was how terrible Kel- Kevin Sullivan took the. Clothesline off the top rope to lose the match. Um, yeah, yeah. How yeah. he was like turned sideways and falling before Hawk even jumped. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> so I really I remember Bigelow being in the Jim Crock Promotions WCW in his short run from 1988 for a short time. I do not remember him being in the promotion in 1990, and so I looked it up and he wrestled three matches in 1990. One on a clash, one on a pay-per-view, one on a house show. So at least my memory's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I just, I don't know. This match didn't do a whole lot for me. 
It just felt like it kind of, you know, <laughs> like you had Cactus got his ass whooped for a little while. It took quite the beating, getting tossed over the guardrail. The wooden stairs being thrown on him, that looked like yeah. that yep. looked like it hurt because there's no give to those. At least the metal ones they use now, like they flex a little, but man. Yeah, because they're yeah. aluminum. Yeah. But still, like, yeah. <clears throat> um, what are your thoughts on that match? I, that match was all right. Yeah. I think um, the, <laughs> the one thing that that I thought was the, the, no, I don't know, craziest, but when Cactus was thrown into the crowd. Yep, that's when I met and, I mean, the guardrail, the, yeah. The crowd is, like, literally sitting right there, and I'm pretty sure he kicked a guy in the head. Yep. You know, and it's like, you never see that anymore. No. <laughs> you know, like, I, back in the day when, you know, all the wrestling was just that little metal gate going around the ring. Yep. I mean, the, the crowd was stands. right there. Nowadays, <laughs> it's like if someone's going into the crowd, there's huge, you know, pockets of empty space. Oh, there's insecurity and, runs over. Yeah. And keeps the fans back. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like they're they're doing stuff in the crowd and there's a guy still sitting in his seat until someone like taps his shoulder and says, move over this way. He's like, yeah. oh, OK. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> this is great. Um, second match, Mean Mark with Teddy Long. Defeated Johnny Ace in yep. 10 minutes and 41 seconds. I thought this match was at least five minutes too long. Well, a couple things with this match. One, I really liked how the the previous match, yep. the, the losers from the match, yep. were walking out as... Oh, yeah, they were like, still trying to get out to the other match. In, yeah. In the, yeah, that was good. You know, in the curtain. Again, feels like a fight. Like, these guys just got beaten. They're stumbling out of the ring. And then, oh, yeah, well, we have ten more fights for you. That was the other thing. I noticed, like, the pace of everything except the matches was very quick. You know, the yeah. pre-match interviews, post-match interviews, the uh, going from one one segment to the other. Like you said, like, yep. they're, they're starting the next match before the losers have even cleared the ring. I right. mean, and it, yeah. it felt, you know, it felt so much like it was yeah. a relief in a way because yeah. there wasn't oh, hey, this match ended. Now yeah. I'm going to look at somebody standing watching a TV screen and backstage for two well, minutes until... Watch a ten, a five, and now a ten here's somebody walking video. down a hallway. And now, yeah. you know, like right. it was bam, 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 bam. And I mean, the, the event was still like just under three hours. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So it's yes. not it's not like this was an hour and 45 minutes long. Right. You know, it's basically the same time. But I also... the What I really liked about the... Johnny Ace uh, Undertaker match was you got to see the Undertaker before he was the Undertaker Mm -hmm. doing the Undertaker's moves. Yeah. Yep. He did. You know, he walked the rope. That was impressive. Yeah. He did, you know, like a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. And when he walked the rope, he wasn't holding the guy. No, no, he walked the rope, like walked halfway down the ring rope yeah, before he dropped and that he elbow. Off. That I, the finish was impressive. That was an impressive elbow drop. Absolutely. Um, isn't it weird seeing him without any tattoos as well? You know what? I loved it because yep. it reminds me when he first came in, and he would have the rubber gloves on, yep. and like he would take all this stuff and just beat people and leave. Yep. You know, and uh, I like how the finish of this move it registered uh, an unbelievable oh, eight point yeah, two on the slammometer. <laughs> yep, which was the yeah. only time we saw the slammometer all night. <laughs> well, um, they talked about. Yes, 
they talked about a lot in the first match because yep. there was a, a bunch of big guys, yep. Norman but, and, but, and Bam Bam. Uh, They're like, oh, that'll be that, – this could register high on the slammometer. But the only like, time oh, but, we saw it was like after me and Mark was like, all right, stop talking about the slammometer. Yeah. Um, Gordon solely lowered himself to do a backstage segment with uh, looking for Robocop, talking about Sting and all his little stingers. I mean, it was – yeah. Yeah, that – that was not great. And then uh, Tony Schiavone talked to the Rock and Roll Express about their upcoming Matt Cor- Corporal Punishment strap match, which I got, then got excited for. Because honestly, I remembered this event, but I didn't remember this event. So I'm like, oh, right. a strap match. Awesome. You know? Uh, but more on that later. Then we got the Samoan SWAT team, Fatu and the Samoan Savage, yep. who defeated Tommy Wildfire Rich and Captain Mike Rotunda in 17 minutes and 54 seconds. You cannot tell me this match was not too long. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, as a kid, and even now, I just love the name the SST. I don't know why. I just think it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, when I was younger and I found out that it actually stood for something, I was a little bit disappointed uh, <laughs> that their name was actually the Samoan SWAT team. That made less sense to me than SST. <laughs> so That's great. Yeah. The, the one thing I really liked about this match yep. was the the story they were telling – with the the referee distracted and they would make the tag but then the referee didn't see it so he'd force yes. it back yeah old school yep right and they did it very well mm-hmm. and i mean look i'm watching it now and i know obviously in 1990 i didn't know that it was all scripted and yeah. whatever else i know it now but you're still watching it and i swear to god i'm watching it, i'm like god damn it he made that tag <laughs> You know, like like when my son was watching Lucha Underground, and instead of giving the hundred thousand dollar briefcase, the guys came in and beat him up, and yeah. they took the briefcase. Yeah. My son was legit angry. He's like, That's he awesome. was supposed to get that money. Why didn't he get that <laughs> That's money? His like, money. He earned like, it. I don't know. Those other guys came in and they beat him up and took it. <laughs> He's like, "That's not right." I'm like, it's not right at all. And you um, know, that's an eight-year-old's brain watching wrestling. No, you're absolutely right. I um, But they did the thing that drives me nuts. Rotunda takes a beating for a good ten minutes, I swear, and then tags in Tommy Rich, and then two minutes later he gets pinned. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, it just, it just kind of bothered me. That's all. It just... It just it just kind of bothered me that it, that the finish went that way, but whatever. Um, Tony Schiavone t- spoke to the Steiner brothers about their upcoming match with Doom later in the evening. Oh, my God. Was this the worst promo? It was bad. Um, I forgot how uh, bad Rick Steiner was on the mic. Oh, to me, the standout was Scott Steiner, which was like uh, – was it when he was saying, when my brother and I were growing up, we went through a lot of things together? Yeah, not just what? that, but the point, the thing that, the, yeah. I, I didn't write it down and I should have, but the the moment that stood out for me was when he said, like, uh, he was talking about Doom. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, Doom, you're looking for a, a match tonight, and but we're not here to rustle you. But he didn't like dive home. He didn't like drive home. We're here to fight, or we're gonna kick your. He's like, we're just, we're not here to rustle you. And when we see you in the ring later tonight, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna beat you, right, Rick? And then I'm like, um, no, I think you forgot to talk about. We're not here to rustle. We're here to fight, or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Right. But never delivered that part of the message. Yeah. So. Um, I got more on Scott Steiner later. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, during no, the no, match. Wait, yeah. Get to their match. Yeah. yeah okay. 
Um, let's see here. Next, Next up, hair, Tony, versus hair, match. hair versus hair matches. Precious Paul Ellering and Sugar Ray dance around whatever. Theodore Long. Number one, Teddy Long couldn't dance back then either. Nope, still can't. Number two, he's got boxing gloves on. Why and is he gear. slapping? Yeah, why is he slapping him? Like, what is going? Why are you wearing boxing gloves and headgear? You're gonna slap a guy? Yep. Like, come on. I uh, so Teddy Long lost in a minute fifty-seven seconds. Missy Hyatt was the special guest ring announcer, but she only did the intro, not the out. Not she didn't announce the winner. She just introduced them. So it seems like she you know only did half her job. And you know what? Yeah. I remember Missy Hyatt being way hotter than she was. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I thought it was weird that Paul Ellering was already in the ring. He didn't even get an introduction. He got like the jobber start out of already being there when we came back from the interview. And yeah. then Teddy Long gets the full introduction with the really dumb music. Yep. And uh, I like how Long tries to cheat with the uh, loaded boxing glove, but then <laughs> Ellering pulls it off and he can't get his hand in the glove, so he just <laughs> just smacks him in the just face. Just hits him like it's a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. And then the stylist dives in the ring, cuts off a few clumps of hair, and is like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, like they didn't even finish yeah. the job because later on he came out to manage. Yeah, and he had like – And he still had most of his hair. And here's the thing. It's a hair versus hair match where one guy's starting to bald. The other guy's <laughs> completely bald on the top of his head. He just has that crown around his – you know, the around yeah. three sides above the ears. And it's a little long on the back, but he gets that trimmed up and that's it. And then later on, like, he comes out with a don't rag on. Yeah. And one of the good guys rips it off and the fans start making fun of him. Like, what are they making fun of him for? Like, it's just yeah. shorter. It doesn't look yeah. bad. That, I mean, that's the thing. It was just a trim. <laughs> yeah, it just got a trim. You know, like, it wasn't like the stylist, like, really, like, gave him a couple total bald streaks. Yep. You know, when he had to be embarrassed about what he looked like until he evened it out or whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't get it. All right. One thing so, I will say after this match. Yeah. God damn, did a horseman cut a great promo. I was about to say, yeah, next up, Tony Schiavone spoke with the horseman. And here's here's what I have a problem with. Sid Vicious being in the horseman? Not only that, but you have Ole, you have I've, Arn Anderson and Sid Vicious and Barry Windham on the show. Why aren't they wrestling? Yeah. Why, why is Arn Anderson and Barry Windham and not in a match of some kind? Well, yeah, and same thing, Sting yeah. wasn't in the – in yeah. a match? Well, Sting was still recovering from his knee injuries. That makes sense. Right. Um, but anyways, so next up we get the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan Lane with James E. Cornette battling the United States Tag Team Champions, the Z-Man and Flying Brian. And this match goes just over 20 minutes before the Midnights get the win. I, again... They probably could have cut five minutes out of this match and quickened the pace a little bit and made it a little bit more entertaining. Um, Two things. Well, real I quick. Missed the, I missed the hell out of the United States Championship. Oh, I'm, me too. The tag belts. The U.S. tag titles. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Um, Jim Cornette was put in a cage, but instead of it being raised up like normal, it was just, just in the just yeah, pushed just down the aisle. Yep. Don't worry, that cage comes into play later. Yep. Um, um, the four of those guys in that match. Yep. Are so good. No, I thought it was a great match. I didn't I really dislike the it. match. I just, that, again, it just it felt like a night of really of, of a lot of really long matches mm. that the matches just kind of dragged. So, yeah, it it really made me miss Brian Pillman. 
You know, um, it really made me. The one thing about the match that annoyed me was the fact they dubbed over the Midnight Express's iconic entrance music with some really bad generic. Music. That explains it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I I didn't put two and two together. Oh yeah. But as, as I'm watching, I'm like, I don't remember this music. Nah, the but Midnight that. Express's entrance music is literally like just iconic. Dun 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 dun. Right. Dun, dun, right. 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 You know and. And they just plugged they some generic crap over it. Thing. Oh, yeah, it was dumb. Um, that, and I was a little pissed off that Bobby Eaton hits that spectacular, spectacular Alabama jam off the top rope onto Brian Pillman. And Z-Man doesn't even try to dive in and break it up. They just leave Pillman to kick out of it. Like, ah, that annoyed me. That was a great leg drop. I mean, you got to admit, that looked impressive yeah. as hell. Yeah, man. He's easily one of my favorites. Oh, Bob Eaton is such an underrated competitor in the ring. I mean, yep. he's definitely a tag team specialist. But even as a singles, I mean, like, yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Everything everything he did. It's like Bret Hart. Yep. Yeah. Everything yep. he did yep. had a reason, and it was done perfectly. Now, Bobby Eaton's one of the best, absolutely. Absolutely one of the best in the world, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so, it was a great match. Uh, Midnight's picked up the win when Stan Lane loaded up the boot and kicked the Z-Man in his shoulder, and he fell right into the small package of, uh, of Bobby Eaton, who got the three count, and we got ourselves some new United States Tag Team Champions. Yeah. All right, this is where it gets... <laughs> So we go to Terrible. Gordon Soley in the back where Robocop is ready to come to the ring. And for some reason, the cop of the future has a security force with him. Yeah. As they come out of the room with the smoke <laughs> and here he comes. And, oh, now we're going to have some some uh, technical difficulties, some technical difficulties <laughs> you know, and, and then Sting comes out and then the horseman come out and jump Sting and throw him in, in the cage that Cornette was just in. And then Robocop yeah. chases them off. Uh, pulls that door right off okay, that steel okay. cage. So first of all, he grabs some of the middle bars and he starts bending them. You know, and then the cage wasn't even locked, locked or latched, so the door pops open. So he has to turn and <laughs> shove it closed so that he can rip it off its hinges and make it look more impressive. And, and and then Sting and Robocop chase the bad guys away, but Robocop's, you know, his, his, the, the the leg plate on his left leg has come unattached. And it's just flopping around now. And he tries to hold it in place, and then he just eventually just says, fuck it, and walks to the back with his leg friggin' thing popping open. <sighs> yeah. So, what I want to know. Yeah. Was this Peter Weller as RoboCop? I don't know. I tried looking that up last night. I tried to find that, and I couldn't find that anywhere. But okay. he never says anything. Sting doesn't even fucking say anything. He comes out there to say something, doesn't say anything. They just go to the back, and we, we, we cut to Tony Schiavone interviewing the Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Where Cornette comes out and says, this is supposed to be the time allotted for the new United States Tag Team Champions. And uh, he makes fun of the Junkyard Dog, and Junkyard Dog says he just came from, raids off some address. And Cornette's like, that's my mama's house. So... <laughs> I'm curious if was that a, a legit address he threw out there? Like, know. you know, was that actually Cornette's address? But, um, yeah. Yep. And then we jump into the corporal punishment match 
featuring the Rock and Roll Express of Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, battling the fabulous Freebirds of Michael P.S. Hayes and gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, uh, which the Rock and Rolls pick up the win in 18 minutes and 55 seconds because, you know, that was long. And God, I love these two teams, man. I, I love these them. two teams. All day long. But I don't I'll, care what you said. I'll never watch and this I, match again. I love the Rock and Roll Express when, you know, Ricky Morton had, uh, I was maybe it was Ronnie Garvin and like a chin lock or something in the ring. And the referee gets distracted by Michael Hayes. Yeah. And oh, they switched and out, they switch guys. <laughs> and Ricky Morton just clap. Yeah, go into the cor- I love that. I, I yeah. used to love that. They so did it much twice. When I was a kid. And then the ref turns around and he's ref- like, hey, and he, no, no, and we, goes, tagged, oh, we, we tagged. We tagged. Check with goes, the fans. Oh, okay. And the fans like, yeah, they did because we love the rock and rolls. <laughs> oh, so um, great. I like that the Express came out on that motorized platform with a jukebox on it. Yeah. That was a cool entrance, you know, the, the rock and roll Express. No. Um, all right. So this strap match, though, was really fucking stupid. Like, they each had a strap, but. They weren't attached to it. They just kind of hung it on the the ring post. Yeah, like I thought. And then had I, like a standard tag match, and and then for some reason they could reason, just take the straps and whip people with it. Yeah, I, and, for some reason I thought that they were going to be attached. Yeah, me too. Like a strap match, <laughs> exactly. Or right. at least they each were holding the strap the whole time. No, they're yeah. having a standard tag match, and then Hayes grabs the strap, so Gibson grabs the other strap, and then somehow Morton gets a hold of Hayes' strap, and then now Garvin's in the ring, <laughs> and now the bad guys are getting beat up, and they dive out of the ring to like kind of slow things down, and apparently that's the cue to, well, let's put the straps back where they belong, and then let's go back <laughs> yeah. to having a standard tag match. They did that like two or three times in the match. Yeah. It was that that annoyed the piss out of me. Like that no. That kind of ruined the match for me almost. <sighs> but of course, you know, the Rock and Roll <laughs> Express. They uh this is okay. So Hayes has Gibson set up for a DDT. Right. So and he's already DDT'd him once and then picked him up to do it again. So as far and I believe Gibson's the legal man in the ring. So Morton climbs off the top rope and dives off and hits a sunset flip onto Hayes, gets a three count winning the match for them. He wasn't a legal man. I don't remember. And then they they kind of barely used the straps and they hyped about how oh, this was a corporal punishment match and you got to give these guys all the credit in the world that they're out there with those straps and how bad they hurt and blah 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 and I'm like yeah but they didn't they didn't they didn't leave them they didn't use them so yeah I don't know uh, next up Tony Schiavone interviewed Doug Furness who all he did was talk about Lex Luger and not you even know what? himself. My, I made a note about this yep. because WCW loves world's strongest men. Yes, and this is the world's <laughs> strongest man, Doug Furness. Because like a year later, the world's strongest man, Bill Kazmaier, was wrestling in yep. matches and like trying to break Guinness Book of World Record weightlifting yep. stuff in their events. Yep, I remember that. And he also did like the rolling of the frying pan gimmicks and a couple others. Yeah, he did. Oh, he, he lived with his pinky. Yep. He lifted some amount of weights attached to a chain that set a world record. And I'm like, but he's using his arm. It's not like he's you're just using his pinky. No, no, that was his pinky. <laughs> just like Dino Bravo pressed that by himself. Uh, Jesse Ventura did not help him on that bench press, 700 pound oh, bench yeah. press. Dino yeah. Bravo did it himself. That's why he was Canada's strongest man. 
Yeah, you don't see Jesse Ventura's arm muscles bulging. <laughs> you as don't. He's lifting you the don't. Thing. No, that's a figment <laughs> of your imagination, sir. Um. So after Furnace leaves, Sting comes out and he talks about Luger some more because the storyline talking about all night long is how Lex Luger was hospitalized with his knee injury and he just got out of the hospital and he, against doctor's orders he's stepping into the ring and he shouldn't even be there and yeah. He shouldn't be there because he's a terrible wrestler. Exactly. So anyhow, uh, Doom, Ron Simmons, and Hacksaw Butch Reed with Teddy Teddy Long battling the world tag team champions, the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, and in... 19 minutes and 14 seconds. Doom <laughs> wins the championship. See, why didn't Doom come out in their masks? They had lost their masks previously. Did they? Okay, I, I don't they remember lost that their masks storyline the wise. Yeah, yeah. They had but I was like, wait a minute, how come they're not coming out in the masks? Yep. Um, one thing I will say about this match. Before Scott Steiner yep. became Big Papa Pump yeah. and, and got way too big and yep. couldn't do anything anymore. He is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. No, he, he was great in the ring. Absolutely. He'd thrown his like suplexes, the match, everything and, he did. Yeah, he was And crisp. the thing I remembered the most, as I'm watching this match, yep. I remember as I'm a kid, you watch the Steiner brothers, and they would always talk about how Rick Steiner was, you know, he was the muscle. Yep. You know, he was the powerhouse in the yep. group. But, like, looking at the two of them, Scott Steiner is, like, twice his size. Yeah, but he was the high flyer like, with that oh Frankensteiner. God, did he flip around that ring. Yep. He was so good. He was. He was. He absolutely was, and then he became not as good. Yeah, I mean, when – yeah, he lifted to, He lifted himself out of, yep. out of wrestling. So this is the uh, – my, my major problem with the match is the finish. You know, the match – I thought uh, leading up to that, they did a great job with each other, and it was entertaining. Uh, but then the finish comes when, I think it's Reed has Rick in the corner, and they're going to do like a second rope belly-to-belly suplex. You know, that's what he looks to be setting up for. And uh, Simmons runs over and grabs Rick by the back of the hair and just pulls him backwards into the ring. As Reed does a like, kind of like a sit down splash on him, mm-hmm. and then they get the three count. Like well, I, I, I just thought this. I just thought. I mean, we just watched these guys body slamming each other on the floor and really just beating the tar out of each other for like you know pretty damn near twenty minutes. Well, he took a head bump. And the finish comes when no, he didn't even take a head bump. The finish comes <laughs> when he gets when Rick gets his hair pulled. And he falls from the second rope onto his back, and the guy's on top of him, uh, and falls on top of him. And I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a problem with this match. Oh yeah, what's that? Uh, Scott Steiner. Yep. Fucking launches the referee out of the ring. Holy shit! Didn't he? <laughs> and like, no warning, no disqualification. <laughs> and that was like the third or fourth time. During yep. this pay-per-view, that somebody pushed a referee away from them. Yep. It yep. was like every other match. You know, the ref is trying to break something up, and he'd shove him to the side and do something. But my goodness, did that ref take a bump? Oh gosh, <laughs> the uh, the main event when the ref gets tossed out of the ring. Out of the ring. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, that wasn't like, like is... that was over the top rope. <laughs> yeah, over the top double rope cartwheel to the, to the floor. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was yeah. pretty sick. Come on. Like, nowadays, if you point at a referee, they'd, like, threaten to yeah, kick you out. pretty much. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so the uh, main then- event. Tony Schiavone interviewed Doom after, the new tag oh, team right. champions. And then the main event, we got a steel cage match for United States Heavyweight Champion, the Total Package Lex Luger, defeated the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, with women in his corner, and 17 and a half minutes by disqualification. Yep, cage match <laughs> ended in disqualification. Yeah, he pushed the ref. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the story, like I said, they keep selling is that Luger shouldn't be competing, but he is anyways. Uh, this is not your typical cage where it's up against the ropes. Uh, it's nope. on the floor this was like the hell outside in the, cell the ring. Yeah, it's kind of like the Hell in the Cell cage. However, it has bars similar to the old Blue Steel cage from the WWF. Yep. Um, but if you notice, the top of the cage, instead of just going straight up, yeah, they had angled in. platforms yep. coming in so yep. that you couldn't climb out of it. Yep. Which was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't understand why woman was inside the cage with them. Yes, okay, I made that same note. Like I know they did the angle where the referee searched her gloves and search, you know what I mean, and, and f- they found a foreign object uh, hidden in her glove. I, I totally understand that. Um, but yeah, but, like, I didn't understand why woman was inside inside the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't get that. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, so essentially, they're out there and they're wrestling and, and they're having a good match. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a it's, you know, it's, it's a as great good of a match, match as Ric Flair could ever get out of Lex Luger. Exactly. You know, Ric Flair's busted open. He's bleeding. You know, he he's taking a beat and Lex is no selling stuff and flexing and yeah, this and what that. the fuck? Oh yeah, fuck that. He's getting yeah. his ass kicked and then yeah, like Ric Flair suplexed him or something. Yep. And he just stands right back up, and I'm like, what? Yep. you're selling every other move. Yeah, nope. This one's the one that you're like, nope. Yep, pretty much. Um, so the horsemen come out, and it's Arn, Ole, and Sid, <laughs> and uh, they they try to get in the cage, but they, they can't because it's down. Because St- they only climb two, two exactly. rungs up. Well, Sting comes running out, and you know... <laughs> And uh, he Not tries to stop Sting. them, but he doesn't fare too well. So then the Elegante comes <laughs> out uh, to aid Sting in chasing the horsemen off. And they do for a little while. But then my, my note about this match yeah. is love the big cage, hate El Gigante. Yep. Uh, Oli or Arn, Oli somehow gets his hand Oli, on the controls, yeah. raises the cage up. Barry Windham slides in. Knees Lex Luger in the back, and the referee calls for the bell because, you know, in a no-holds-barred steel cage match, when someone else interferes, that, it's definitely over then. There's no way for them to get into the ring, though. <sighs> Come on. They kept yeah. saying that. Oh, yeah. And then this is the best part for me. Uh, when they finally raise it back up and Sting runs in and the horsemen slide out and slide to the floor and they stand up and there's Elegante standing there and, and does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. Like, even after they've raised the cage up at one point, Ric Flair's kind of walking around. And, like, um, from the angle of the camera, I'm like, oh, geez, it really looks like he's standing right there. Oh, no, he is. Never mind. Yeah. He's actually yeah. just standing around. The bad guys are walking all around him. He's doing nothing about it. Yep. Yeah, that was great. The, the thing I didn't understand about the end. Yep. Where was RoboCop? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he was... Like, why wasn't RoboCop involved in, like, 
punching one of the horsemen and having them like pretend to go flying 30 feet. Yep. You know, I don't know it, dude. Why is he, he literally, he's there in a back room. He walks out, your cameras go, and then he comes out and fake rips off a door for a fake cage. Yep. That's the return of Robocop. Like the entire pay-per-view every 10 seconds, you're like, Oh, we're watching whatever it's called, Capital Combat or whatever. Yeah. Capital Combat, the return yep. of Robocop. Oh, and I know. It's like, but you, Robocop was on screen for less than 30 seconds. Hey, man, he ripped off a cage door and he chased the horseman away. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. It was. Terrible. It I was. mean, he chased the horseman away. Why didn't yep. he fight the horseman? <laughs> Come on. Uh, Post match. Shivani interviews Ric Flair down the aisle. Ric Flair's losing his fucking mind in this. I mean, he's there's just some classic Ric Flair, unintelligible rambling uh, that he finishes out with a big woo that everyone woos along with him. Uh, I think he does. Uh, I think he does. Fi- I think he. Um, <sighs> what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah. He's just by the end of it. I heard something about you know he's gonna keep this belt forever, but for the most part, he was just rambling. And it was pretty fantastic, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was a very un- unintelligible promo, but it was phenomenal at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like, this is what separates, you know, like the all-time greats yep. from some of the people like nowadays that are at the top. Yep. It's – there's absolutely no point of comparison. When no. Ric Flair can literally get up there and babble incoherently – for two minutes and cut a better and promo get, yeah. and get more over <laughs> than yep. anything else. <laughs> yep. No, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> you know, and I mean, then, uh, that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of people remember, you know, Ric Flair from his WWE run. Yep. I'm not even going to acknowledge his TNA run, but you know, like his, at the end where, you know, he was pushing 50 Yep. and not as in, and shape as he was or whatever else in those matches. And some of the matches were still fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, there is nothing like watching late eighties, early nineties. No, Ric Flair. No, absolutely nothing better. Good God. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, his promos are amazing. His matches are amazing. I mean, I, there was one moment in the match. I didn't like where Lex Luger, like clotheslined him or chopped him or did something and there was like a delayed reaction and he fell forward instead of backwards. Yep. Where I'm like, how does your momentum carry you that way? But besides that, I mean, man, so good. Yeah. Just like really, really spectacular and like all facets of the game. No, Which he is like is. anyone he's who's like, oh, that's Rick why Flair's I'm, not, that's, that's why he's, he's been not, one of my all-time favorites forever. Yeah, and like I don't get you. Sometimes you see people that are like, "Yeah, he's not one of the best ever," and you're like, "No, no because he, you're talking about 2006 he, Rick yeah. Flair." Yeah, no, he is. He really is. When you go back and you watch those late '80s, early '90s, especially '80s through the Jim Crockett era, yeah. NWA when he was you know at his peak, fuck, oh, no one could touch him. No, no one could touch him. Yeah, and I mean, like his matches told great stories. Yep. He, I mean. Look, he got good matches out of that fucking Luger. He got good you matches know? out of a lot of guys. I yeah. couldn't believe he was getting a good match out of. So, yeah. But uh, all in all, after discussing it with you, when it comes to Capital Combat, my overall rating is still. I felt like a lot of the matches went on longer than they should have. 
Okay. Uh, but it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be when we picked it out. Right. Uh, you know what? I <laughs> That was – my initial comments to you were not very happy that that was the event. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Something about but. mother, this, and effing <laughs> yeah. that. And yeah. But no, it was definitely not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, the no, RoboCop it, segment was still shitty, as I remember. Right. There, and, some of it was uh, crap. And maybe a couple of the matches did go on a few minutes too long. And but the, overall... The talent on the show. Yeah. Holy crap. I mean... Yeah. You'd be hard-pressed to be doing much better. I mean, again, you know, Arn and Barry didn't wrestle, but they've still made an appearance, I guess. But they just, I mean, they, a lot of tag, a lot of the top tag teams of that era were on this show. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, there were, like, at least 15 Hall of Famers on that card. Oh, I, I believe that, On yeah. the card, not even counting, you know, like Arn and, and the Horsemen and, you know, people who were... Yeah. You know, just running in and stuff like this. Yep. Every single match had Hall of Famers. Yep. Or I mean, well, look, Undertaker's not in yet. You know, he's gonna or be potential future ones. Yes. Right. Yeah. But. But yeah, I don't but, know. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Spectacular. Yeah. I I would rate this on like a school grade scale. Yeah. I would give this probably a B plus. I can agree with it, that. It had it had enough. Yep. That I enjoyed. Yep. That outweighed <clears throat> outweighed the stuff that I wasn't so happy with. And, you know, ultimately, if I want to compare it to, like, say, SummerSlam from this year, I there enjoyed was this more. so much more <laughs> I had problems with with SummerSlam than this card. What the thing I liked about this, and I'm, I'm actually I'm glad I picked ninety, and I'm not glad that this was the event. I was hoping for like you know SummerSlam or something good, but um, I. <laughs> It, this reminded me of why I loved wrestling as a kid. Yep. It was like, you know, the whole feel of everything was so different than it is now. And, like, you could really get engrossed in watching a match. And every single match had a good story where you're like, God damn it. Like, he made that tag. Like, <laughs> let him get the tag. Yep. Don't keep throwing him out of the ring. Oh, you know, okay. these guys are cheating. Like, come on. And it's it was like, a lot of it, that happens and you're like, meh. A lot of it was the little things, too. Like, all right, in the tag match with Mike Rotundo and, and uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich, there's one point where Rotundo kind of takes a bump. Um, at, you know, like they collide or and he takes a bump and he, he's, you know, de- been desperate for the tag for quite a while, but he hasn't been able to make it. And then he's getting up and he realizes, oh, he's too close to his corner. And he kind of, like, turns the other way, like he's that dazed and confused that he's trying to, you know, he's going to the – he didn't realize right. which, he didn't realize he was so close to his partner. And you've seen that done a bunch of times in matches. But the timing and the delivery and how he did that, phenomenal. Like yeah, when he it, realizes, oh, shit, my partner's over there, and he turns and tries to kind of dive out to grab him, but the bad guy's already there to pull him away. I mean right. it looks so it, crisp and good because Mike Rotundo is awesome. And and not only that, there was – like nowadays, you never – I don't want to say never. A yeah. lot of the time in tag matches, yeah, you don't see actual tags. No. You see people back towards the corner and their partner tags Slaps themselves. Them on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't know when that became a thing. I like I remember it happening more often well, than not. Well the brain busters used to do it like a blind tag type of thing. But but with this, 
every single tag was a legit tag. Yeah. And there were times that I, I really enjoyed in this where, you know, like the Freebirds would be getting like their asses kicked for a minute. And then like Michael Hayes would go into the corner and just talk to Ronnie Garvin. Like, what are we, you know, you could see they're, you know, strategizing or whatever. Right. Right. And then he would turn back around and go back into the fight. Yep. Nowadays, that would be happening. And before he even got there, Ronnie Garvin would smack him on the head and jump in the ring himself and go get his ass kicked also. Instead, you know, like these teams, there was like in every match, there were moments when the teams would be talking to each other. You know, hey, what are we doing? What can we fix? What, you know, what's going on? Things like that. Instead of nowadays when it's just like, well, I know I have a tag team partner, but it's basically two singles matches happening at the same time. Occasionally we'll do like an arm drag together. Yep. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> and and I that's one thing. I mean, look, the New Day is spectacular. I think they're the only team these days that do things like that. Maybe because they're the only team with, you know, a sort of manager. I don't well, know. Well, the Revival... Uh, you know what? They've been hurt, I, so they haven't been on TV a bit. Fair enough, fair enough. But, like, even the Hardy Boys don't do it. They've no. been around for 70 years. Yeah. But, like, none of the new teams. No. None of them. And it's like, that's that's why tag team wrestling's suffering now. It doesn't feel like teams. Right. Even the, te- even the teams that are teams don't feel like teams half the time. Yeah, I hate it when they just throw two guys together and then come up with, like, uh, like Jarrah's show. Right. I hated that. You know, I, I really did. I, you know, to me, like we go back to tag team wrestling, and I just did a couple blog posts on it. The, the last match, tag teams of the WWE of the '80s. You know, and yeah. I'm talking about like you know the Rockers and yeah, man, Strike Force, Strike Force, and the and Power and Glory and Demolition yeah. and teams that had a team name. They had yep. outfits that matched or were similar, and they did tandem moves that made sense. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, I mean, and, and we, you, just uh, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, the Road Warriors, the Fabulous Freebirds, Doom, the Steiner Brothers. Yeah. Talk like, about, a, I mean, holy shit. Six amazing tag teams. <laughs> you know, like, all time great tag teams. Yeah. You have six of them on the same, yeah. <laughs> on the same like, thing. I just didn't, I didn't remember this card being the way it was. You know, like, I remember. You know, and what it is, is like, it's the RoboCop moment that stands out so much as being so terrible that it really does drag the whole card down when you think back about it. But yeah, yeah, I think it's hilarious how annoyed you were when when this was randomly picked and then it's just like, ah, this was nowhere near as bad as I thought it would be. Nowhere near as bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this way more, way, way more than I was expecting to. Yeah. Because like you said, the RoboCop moments stand out. And I'm, I don't remember that, you know, Doom and the Steiner brothers had like a great match, you know, or that, you know, Pillman was like awesome or like any of that stuff. You don't remember any of it because all they ever talk about, oh, yeah, Capital Combat, turn a RoboCop. Yep. Only thing that would have made it better is if, if like you said, Barry Windham was in a match because he's yeah. like one of my all time favorites. Oh, same here. If Barry or Arn were in a match together, it would be a lot better. Yeah. So. But anywho, I think that wraps up for me. Yeah, I'm good. Today, cool. So uh, we're on we're on social media platforms. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Twitter. You know, I'm at Superstar Mel. I am at Aaron S. Bell. Uh, Ronnie's Ron Bar 316. 
Uh, yep. The show on uh, on Facebook is uh, was it Podcast of a Thousand Holds? Is that the Facebook handle? I think so. Cool, cool. And then there's a Twitter handle. Uh, thousand Holds Pod. <sighs> I think you got it right this time. Yeah. So, anyways, awesome. yeah, thanks. That's a podcast. <laughs> oh my god, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.